1: Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born, but men are made.
0: We're going to separate the men from the boys.
1: A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode.
0: Men of the Arena Army. We salute you because you are grinding it out in the stress bubble of life. Thank you, men, for listening to this episode of The Man Card Podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to manhood. Our goal from every episode, as you know, is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless void of the male-dominated bleachers, and to call you up to the best version of you because when a man gets it, Everyone, Everyone wins. wins. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with the dynamic duo, Doctor Pat George yeah. on my right. Yeah, good morning. And Doctor Dale Culver on my left. That was new. Ready yes. to get his doctor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Doctor Dale. He's the doctor, doctor of production. That's right. Doctor D. I the M C P. All better. The- doctor of the mcp yes. phd in mcp, MCP. Yes. hey buddy uh, you got a uh, man word for me today i'm going to guess it yes. i get to guess it go for it because every time I think of this guy's name, I think of this word. I'm going to go with the man word for the day is magnum. <laughs> that's I, Magnum. Is I, it magnum?
1: Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. How about fire? Fire? I think, On fire? I think we did magnum before. Yeah, well, we've so. done that in the past. Yeah. yeah. And well, that I,
0: is kind of your but key But you word. can do the word magnum as many times as you want. That would be a magnum. You don't have to that's do it only once. That's, that's a, a magnum idea. That's magnum dude right there. Well, that's, that's not a his magnum name, word.
1: His name is Mangum.
0: Yeah, but it's too hard to say. I just take the M out, the N out, magnum. (laughs) I switch the G and the M, the G and the N, magnum. that's wonderful for you. Because if you switch the G and the N, it is magnum. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. No, It's magnum. So you want to know that? Yeah, that'd be it.
1: Yeah. You want to just banter a little longer? Isn't that like a big bottle? Give me the man word. Give me the uh, man word. um, I do want to say, before I get into my man word, that I do appreciate the fact that you're drinking tea today. And our listeners need to know that you're drinking tea today, that you're you know, we joke around and all, but well, you do I, like a spot I, of tea I'm, occasionally. I'm
0: feeling sick and now that you know Colin Kaepernick is sponsored by Nike, I might as well just go all out and be a communist.
1: Yeah. So, well, okay. I think it's <laughs> uh, you won't share any of your crumpets with us, but you're you're uh, you got your tea, but that's okay. Yeah. So anyways I mean, you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling very uh Boston Boston harbor right that's now. That's good. So, <laughs> so yeah. anyways, my man word is mission. Oh, (laughs) I should have guessed that. Yeah, I should have guessed that. I I, I would think so. I just couldn't stop. Magnum was too tempting. Were you going to go there, Pat? Huh? Mission? Yeah? Is that what you were thinking? No. Oh, you could have lied. No. So why would you pick the word mission (laughs) as a man word? I
0: wouldn't pick the word mission as a man word, necessarily. There's a lot of words you'd pick as a man (laughs) word that I wouldn't agree with. Talk me through it. Talk me through it. I don't agree with your face.
1: In life- we are on a mission. When you get up out of bed in the morning, you're like, you have a mission before you to finish the day well. Uh, you have a mission before you to finish every day well with your marriage, with your kids, uh, your job, and everything that you do. And long term, you know, we talk about that over time, finishing well. Uh, so I think yeah. every day it's kind of like when I. I look at all the things I have to do in a day. It's like, man, I am on a mission, yeah. and it's time to get her done.
0: No, I agree. I think mission is actually a great man word. I think I've so been, I was reading
1: the Bible a couple days ago,
0: and it said uh, in James, uh, faith without works is dead. And I realized uh, through some other stuff I was reading that where there is life, there is movement. So movement equals life. So if I'm going to say I have a living faith, there will be movement. I will be serving, moving forward, doing something, and i think that that could be translated to mission i have a purpose i have a i have something set before me i'm not moving flailing around doing the harlem shuffle what would you call it the harlem, harlem shake shake i'm actually moving forward <laughs> i was in a spin class last night for an hour it's so frustrating cuz we're just going nowhere uh, and yeah. sweating doing it but a man on a mission is actually going somewhere. So that's a really good word, man. And, yeah. and actually, it fits great with our guest today because he's on a man on a mission. So, But before we get into that, want to encourage our guys to get on the Men in the Arena Facebook forum for men. And want to encourage you guys to write a positive review on iTunes. And we will send you some swag. What do we got? Do we got
1: anybody uh, write a review for us? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we do. This is a great one, too. So this guy is Greg Govich. Gregovich, G R E G G O V I T C H. Gregovich, and uh, is that so, his first name or last name? That's all it says. It just says great podcast by Gregovich. I hope I'm saying it right. Gregovich,
0: I yeah. must break you. So hey man, we Rocky, want to send Rocky you poor. some
1: swag. He's our, I think, our twenty fifth uh, podcast, twenty third podcast review. So yeah, shoot us out your information. Connect with us. Uh, through one of the very many mediums that we have, and, man, we'll hook you up some goods. Yeah, we don't
0: ever ask guys to write reviews. but No, that's great, though. Thank you. I don't you. know if they help us or Thank not, you but for we'll just do it anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. Send us your address. We'll send you some swag. So I'm excited. I got a, a guy on here today that I just kind of became friends with about three or four months ago because he has a podcast, and I really enjoy his podcast, and his name is Troy Mangum. Not Magnum. Not Magnum, but he is Mag- Magnum. He's 50 years old. He's back there laughing. He has not stopped laughing the whole time. He's like, man, these guys are insane. He, he's actually, I love this, Troy. You said you're a missionary. I said, how long? You said zero days. You don't even start until <laughs> you haven't even started yet. So he's September 27th. So prior to that, he's got an 18-year history of marketing and software. Uh, he pastored for two years, did subs- substance abuse counseling for seven years. He is the founder of the Kindling Fire podcast. You can go check that out, guys. We've actually stolen some ideas from him on our social media postings. He does a great job. He lives in Raleigh, North Carolina with his beautiful wife, Kathy Mangum, married 22 years. Uh, accomplishments and accolades he's the proudest of in his 20s. Now, listen to this, guys. This is insane. He survived on $500 for four months, traveling 1,500 miles, hitchhiking up and down Australia's east coast, swimming with the sharks, crossing crocodile-invested salt waters, working in rainforest exotic fruit farm on biological, or no, on aboriginal. I don't know where I got biological. <laughs> aboriginal native lands. That's pretty that's, that's pretty cool, man. That's
2: resourceful. That
0: is pretty cool. Anyway, after eight years of another accomplishment, enduring and not quitting on a marriage after two years of separation... Uh, enduring and not quitting on what God was doing to refine him and make him the man that he is today so that's, that's eight so years good. you know when I was 16 years old eight years was a lifetime ago but yeah. now eight <laughs> years is like yesterday yeah. yep. I mean eight years is that's 2010 yeah. that's like yeah. yesterday so now he's leading his family into, a missions, into missions after sensing the call for 20 years so they're leaving in September here in, a couple, in just a couple days and heading over to the, the main YWAM base the University of Nations on Kona Hawaii to do a, a family DTS. So that is really, really impressive. And so he has uh, four kids, 21-year-old daughter Rain, 20-year-old son Avi, 14-year-old son Olin, and 12-year-old daughter Aubrey. And uh, his uh, he's got a passion for mobilizing men. He does podcast blogs, and it is his missionary to mobilize the body of Christ to get off the pews and get into the game. Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds yes. just like us. Yeah, anyway, so Troy, it's great to have you on the show, my friend. How you doing, man?
2: Man, I'm good. I'm just sitting here quietly laughing.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. I can see it. I had to look down because you're getting me fired up.
2: Uh, oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked to be on this. And uh, I had you on, uh, did uh, top 10 books. Yep, that's right. Uh, that's right. And uh, and you did an awesome job. And I can't wait to have you on the show with your new book.
0: Yeah, I'm excited, man. I just am really excited about the relationship with you. Uh, Part of what we do is I get to meet guys I really, really connect with, and you're one of those guys. And so uh, what we want to do, Troy, I don't think that you're going to need to get uh, warmed up here, but we're going to warm you up with what we call our Rapid Fire Round. Are you ready for this? Oh, man. And I'm so ready. Okay, so at 50 years old, taking your family on the mission field, I had I figured you must be a deep thinker, a little bit of a philosopher. So I'm going to throw you into our stoic round. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, I'm.
2: I'm so ready.
0: Yeah, Here we go. I, you're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna hit this one out of the park, man. So right now, Troy, what's on your
2: heart? Oh wow. Um, uh, the courage it that requ- is required to walk by faith. Oh, it's great okay. in theory. It's all great in theory. Oh, I do this and I believe this and I want this. But when you put your, your the when the rubber meets the road, you better have some serious courage. Well,
0: you know what's funny is a lot of leadership training nowadays is like, you know, the law of navigation, see the in the beginning, you know, have direction, have a vision. But then God told Abraham, Go to a land, I will show you. And he went.
2: it's like he had no clue. He had, no
0: clue. He, had no clue.
2: he had no vision. I got to say this about Abraham because he's my hero. Huh. The reason he's my hero is he was old and he had a bunch of stuff. And then God said, go, which is what he's doing to us. Yeah. And so most people, when they think of missions or they think of taking big faith steps, they're like, oh, you got nothing to lose. You're in your 20s. I mean, whatever. Just go ahead, and do crazy things. What risk is there? And then when God calls Abraham and other people like Abraham Look, you better have some legit faith, because you're you're towing a whole lot in tow, man. Yep. Family, college, you name it. But anyway, and, all I like him. Do you have to sell all of your stuff? What are you
0: doing with all of your stuff?
2: So we're selling a lot of our things uh, going into it because it is a six month program. Um, we we believe and have because we've been seeking this for about three years, <clears throat> praying. And we believe we are to keep the house for now. Until the Lord kind of shows us the next step, and it's totally like Abraham, go, that's it. Yeah, and we and we believe the Lord's going to show us those next steps.
0: Well, that's very countercultural in our society, right? Because and we're so money driven. Yeah. So you've got to be thinking, how are you going to pay the house off? Because you don't have a job now. Right.
2: Uh, That is correct. That is correct. So the Lord. So again, we 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 have a line of sight for the next six months. And then we're really going to be saying, okay, Lord, now what? That the real irony of it all, and you'll appreciate this, when you mentioned that I was a pastor, when I was a pastor, I remember saying, and I regret these words, I have repented of these words, and the Lord is saying, do you remember this? Wow. And that was, when I was a pastor, I said, I could never pay for college and ministry, Ever. And I was thinking, oh, I'll just go do something else, because I could never send my kids to college going in ministry. And, and years later, I repent of that. And then when all this culminates, I've got two kids in college right now, and God's saying, I'm calling you to go. He says, you remember you saying that? Wow. He said, you bet. And I said, yeah, I do remember saying that 18 years ago. He goes, are you going to trust me now?
1: Oh. So,
2: so it's legit, man. So like, um, yeah. I was about to say something sort of crude, so I won't, but I'll just say that God, God is calling my bluff and saying, you know, look, I want you to trust me for, for real, not for, you know, fairyland, like for real.
0: So, Troy, you said something early in the podcast I really think is good. You said line of sight. You know, really, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? We can have all the faith in the world, but when we lose our line of sight, mm. that's when we in America start pulling back, Right. And and yep. it's, especially when we're fifty, because we've got <laughs> yeah, retirement right here, to yeah. look forward to. You know, I'm having yeah. a meeting today with my financial planner, who happens to be my son, talking about my future. You know what I'm saying? And it's, so there's a big push in America. Well, you got to have all the stuff in line. And, right. And I'm going. Well, you know what? If the money doesn't come in with our nonprofit, faith-based organization for men, who nobody ever targets in the church, if no money comes in, we don't have a job. Right. You know. So there is a line of sight. So you're saying that you have. Six months of income in the bank.
2: Yeah, well, I can I can ride. What I'm saying is that I can ride. So we've got family living with us right now, and they're going to help out. But I but I can basically carry it through until we get back. And because we are being called to go, and trust me, and I will show you, we're not saying, hey, everybody, we're doing this large, huge thing in our life long term because we don't know exactly. So, Correct. So just out of responsibility and wisdom, and the Lord's guidance—we're like the Lord's not led us to sell right now. So,
0: man, that's that's—I I really applaud you for that. When I saw that, when you told me you were going on this trip, I thought, man, that's that's ballsy. That's good. That's faith, baby. So, so, <laughs> so, so—I so don't know if it's Abraham or not. But the next question is, who's your greatest hero and why?
2: Oh wow! Um, so I'll give you a, a Bible hero and I'll give you a real life hero. Awesome. So, uh, Bible heroes: David. Um, Just the fact that he maintained his zeal, maintained his passion, even in his mistakes, and he kept f- putting his face towards the Lord continually, he's my hero, uh, bar none. He, uh, was, he him,
0: was able to rebound after his failures. That's the thing yeah. I preach about David. He did some heinous things in his life. He always bounced back and defaulted to God. And I think yeah. a lot of times in life when men fail— they default into their pre-Christian self or they default into their old yeah. habits where David never did that. He he defaulted to a deeper uh understanding and pursuit of God.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 with more humility and really just more power, more grace. And yeah, you know, totally. He's awesome. So again, uh no surprise here, but Lauren Cunningham. I've uh... known about Lauren Cunningham since my twenties. And, um, and the thing that impressed me the most in, in his books and stuff was talking about, um, him, uh, sleeping on the floor of, uh, one, he like went to one of his bases and there was no beds there and he was in charge of everything and he slept on the floor. And I said, if there's an older man that loves God that much, I will respect him. And I've seen the fruit of his life over 30, you know, 20 years. And I can say that's good fruit.
0: Well, I was looking for a book just now uh, that he wrote. I've read this book three times. I read it when I was 22. I read it when I was about 42, and I read it when we launched A Great Hunt for God. And it's Lauren's, uh kind of his memoirs. It's called Is That Really You, God? And it's his yeah. journey with YWAM. And uh, well, Lauren Cunningham, if you don't know, is the founder of YWAM. And I think at this point, and maybe I'm wrong, Troy, they have over 1,100 bases in 180
2: countries. Am I close? You're close. I think they're they're actually over 200 countries now. Oh man! So they if they're not if they're not the largest missions organization, they're one of the largest. And and with including short term, I think they're around the the thirty thousand range as far as the number of missionaries. It's insane. Well, i really... and you never know about them. No, <laughs> no, insane. you don't
0: know about. It. And I really that's what I appreciate about Lauren Cunningham. Nobody really knows who he is. And in two yeah. weeks, we're getting a guy on the show, Seth Barnes, who's the founder of Adventure and Missions World Race. I yep. don't know if I said that right. Is it just world, the world race? race? The world course, race, yeah, and the these are two race. world changers, and so I got to get Lauren on the show. But that's a great guy to have. He's a hero. I'm telling you, what a what a man of faith. So, hey, what's yeah. your all time favorite quote?
2: Wow, um, that's uh, okay. Um, I'm, it's Dawson Troutman. He was the founder of Navigators, oh. and he said. Um, uh, that basically men's hearts are not stirred by small ideas and the idea is that you know men are made for the more and 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 the sort of the macro the 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 vision if you will and so much of what they're offered is uh you know the vision of yeah you can you can park the car in the parking lot and that can be your you know your service whereas Dawson Troutman knew he said, look, there people aren't stirred by small ideas, and God's got a plenty of big ideas for men to accomplish in the world. So that's one of my favorites. That's
0: so good, man. I'd never heard that before. I've heard a I've heard a similar quote, but we are called to greatness. And it may not be greatness, it may not be world greatness, but it's greatness in your world, the world you live in. So dream a big dream. You know, dream a big dream. Think big thoughts, you know, um, get around big people. So, hey, uh, I I bet you have a great answer for this one. What piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self?
2: Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, um, Two things. Humble yourself. Mm. And three things uh humble yourself walk in community and uh run the long race
0: wow that can i come back to that later on yes because you, you, you yes just, you can jim you just said you just said <laughs> things. thank you troy with a name like magnum i don't want to mess with you <laughs>
2: Everybody calls
0: me Magnum. No, they do now, bro. That's your oh. new name, Magnum Troy. Magnum. Magnum Troy. Superhero. Secret agent. Anyway, hey. Woo. So Troy, I'm gonna come back to that because I think you hit on some th- three huge, huge components that we need to address as men. So hey, so let's say this. I'm. You're go I, This is hypothetical. Uh, if I gave you, if you're going to an island, hypothetically, yeah, hypothetically, you are, and you could only bring <laughs> one thing with you, what would you bring and
2: why? Oh man. If I could only bring one thing with me, what would I bring and why? You know, honestly, I'd bring the Bible. Yeah, I bring. I love the Bible, and and I've discovered it. Been around it long enough to know it continually is engaging and interesting, and there's always more the Lord wants to to show. That's what I'd bring.
0: You know what, bro. I can't find any other answer in my brain that I would ever bring. I can't, I mean, I can't think of any other thing. It, to me, that would be the, because I just don't know the, I don't have it memorized. And every yeah. time I have a scripture memorized, I come to another one and I, I see it in a whole other light. It yeah. truly is living and active. And so to me, I think that's a great answer. Now, our our, our mutual friend, Dave McIntyre, said he would bring his machete.
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: but on his, <laughs> on his show.
2: he's a survivalist. But right? Right? he wasn't allowed
0: to bring the Bible, because he probably would have brought a Bible too, but they wouldn't allow him to bring a book. Yeah. So anyway, yeah.
2: he, so he was, I'm glad he got on your show. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: he was awesome, man. So if I gave you $20,000 and you could, you had to spend it on you and your wife and it had to be on a two week
2: vacation, where would you guys go and why? I would take her to Australia because she hasn't been there and I can help her navigate some of the places that are just remote. And amazing. That's where I'd go.
0: And if you guys get in fights, you can throw in the Murray River and let her swim for the sharks, huh? And sharks and gators.
2: <laughs> no, they got no, they got to run from the crocodiles.
0: Run, run from the crocs, mate. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, why don't you take a couple minutes and share a little bit of your personal story, man? I, I know I went through a little bit, but share yeah. some of your journey here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, number one, I have survived the stress bubble of life.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, I have my friend. Made
2: it. I've made it through my thirties and forties and I can say that what you guys are doing is absolutely accurate. There is a lot of pressure during that time period and that if you're not adequately prepared, like I wasn't adequately prepared, it can be uh, a train wreck.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: And, and so one of the, so, um, just a short uh, snippet that you didn't already introduce. Um, so like I said, I've been married 22 years. A very diverse career, you know. Uh, got born again in college, radically born again in college, and um, uh, and after that, I was like, "This is the only thing that that matters. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me." And so, so I decided, "Well, I, I'll just go in the ministry." And and it was always very elusive to me, right? And I was like, I just can not quite get engaged. Like at that time, I was thinking about why I but it just it was always like sand out of my hand. It just never quite worked. Mm. And so, um, so what ended up happening was I went into uh, counseling, um, ended up marrying my awesome wife, Kathy. Uh, we lived in Wilmington, North Carolina. I got super involved in the Vineyard Church at that season of my life. Dude, I was in the Vineyard. Yeah? Yeah,
0: I was in there for five years. Yeah, totally. I was yes. wondering, you were speaking some language that I remember very well. Oh, and
2: yeah. so from afar, John Wimber was my, my surrogate grandfather.
1: Yeah, and so yeah. I was,
2: you know, I was trying to learn as much as I could from everybody in that sort of sphere, and um, and yeah, so and so that's where kind of uh, Kathy and I met, and then we ended up in Oregon, so we actually li- moved out uh, to Portland. What? Uh, yeah, man, I lived in Portland. I went to New Song Church in Portland, man, back in the day. Wow. So, well, so we're in McMinnville. We're about an hour south. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we were out in Portland, New oh, Mary. Wow. That's where that's where Rain was born. And so, but from that point, I I literally had stopped bugging God about ministry and about all this stuff. And I was just doing counseling my thing. And I remember riding down to Salem, Oregon, and I'm minding my own business. And I just feel like the Lord's like interrupts my car ride to to work and says, I want you to go to Columbia Bible College for a one-year program. And I had heard about it. And it was in Columbia, South Carolina, and I, you know, and it was just a huge faith walk. But basically, I ended up going to Columbia International University for seminary, and then we ended up being pastors. But then, because of some of the strain in our marriage, I was like, and and really with me, it was not so much my wife, but just with me, I was, I just, I, I couldn't do both. I couldn't have a healthy family and be in ministry. And I said, I, I gotta, I gotta get out of this. And that's when I spun off into technology a long time ago. Wow. So that's a short
0: version. Wow. So so I want to get into and ask you this question, man, because I'm sure there's a lot attached to this. Tell me about this 2-year sure. separation unless it's uncomfortable for you, but what tell me about your 2-year separation with your wife and yeah. what led up to that? That's a long time to be separated. What led up to that?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um so knowing that your audience is in that that 30 to 40 40 um a year old range, uh, I'll I'll answer it this way. Um, I had a lot of growing up to do that. I was very not aware that I had to do. Now, my wife was very aware. She was very dialed into areas that I needed to grow in, but I was not. And because I, I mostly ran in my thirties and forties, well, mostly in my thirties and early forties, kind of as a lone go- a lone ranger, you know, just me and God. Um, I didn't have a lot of healthy inputs that were saying, dude, that's wrong. Dude, that's not, that's not a good way to view things. That's, that's, you shouldn't say that or shouldn't do that. And so I just kind of got very sort of in this isolated state and in that isolated state, um, I basically just, uh, I, 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 um, I don't even know where to start here. Um, I think where I'll start is that it just, there was a lot of, after we left the ministry, Uh, It was like survival mode, right? It was financial survival mode. I was working two jobs. She was working two jobs. We had two young kids at the time, and it was just heavy stress on all of us, uh, financially, emotionally, uh, because we had left the ministry sort of abruptly, because, uh, you know, it was so tense with going on with my wife and I, we kind of left. We were in that, that survival mode for many years. And then uh, it started kind of going up. It started getting better. Um, I ended up starting a missions organization. I did some work in Ethiopia and uh, in India. Uh, She ended up becoming a children's pastor. But then there was contention again, uh, where I was like, well, I want us to do our ministry. And she's like, I'm going to really invest in the church. And then there was just real contention. Uh, But it was my doing, um, really. And so when all that kind of at the end of it, I just... Uh, <laughs> I wore her out. I mean, I was, yeah. I just was, I was unstable. I was, I was, I'd have high highs with, with God. And then I'd get very super frustrated with my work. And I, I mean, I was employed the whole time, but I just was yeah. not a very stable guy. And eventually she said, you know, this isn't working. And, and so that's, that's really was sort of the beginning of what I thought was the absolute end. But it actually ended up being the beginning of the beginning, which... So so that's sort of where we got to, and that was in 2010. And so at that time, I ended up stumbling into uh, an Eldridge ministry called—it uh, wasn't John Eldridge, but it was sort of a, uh, an ally ministry on the East Coast called Zoe. And they started talking to me about issues that I just— had never had anybody talk to me about vows and agreements and beliefs and your, your childhood and, you know, your relationship with your dad and your view of yourself as a man. And it just, it really helped me focus not on the turmoil that was with my wife and I, it allowed me to, to, in a mature way, turn to myself and say, Lord, is there more you want to do? And, uh, and the way he answered that was this. So I ended up going to a retreat. They have this little retreat and I was like, well, I'm hanging out with you guys. I'm in a terrible way. You know, And my, I'm separated from my wife, I've moved into an apartment. We've got, you know, visiting rights with the kids. We had four at wow. this time. Um, you know, and I've been a Christian and been in ministry. And, and so I just was, I, I, I just, I was, I was done. I was like, Lord, I, I, I just want to hold on to you and 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 barely make it, which is effectively what I was doing. So I ended up going to this retreat, and the Lord basically, the, in this retreat, they'll say, "Okay, here's some ideas. Now I want you to go spend 45 minutes with God talking to Him about it. Go ask Him these questions: God, what do You think about me? You know, for example, or you know, other things like that. Kind of based on the Wild at Heart boot camp that Eldred does. Uh-huh. And at that retreat the Lord, um, revealed to me during that quiet time alone that he said, um, he basically said, you are not an orphan. And this goes back to sort of not having that, that sort of male maturity model. It was just kind of me trying to figure it all out. He said, you are not an orphan. And, in and, and most of your life, you've had a, a lot of license to do anything you want, which is true. You know, I just did anything I want without a consequence. And he said, because you were not an orphan and you've kind of grown up without any structure, I am disciplining you to show you I am your father and you are my son. Wow. So my context about all that was going on, I had trouble at work, I had trouble at home, I had trouble, my ministry kind of failed. I ended up leaving my church for that period of time. All this stuff culminated with the Lord saying, I'm showing you my love through discipline. And, uh, and then out of that will come the fruit of righteousness, which is kind of where I'm in that stage now. And it just set the whole context is it wasn't her issues. It wasn't their issues. It was, I had a lot of growing that I personally had to do. Um, and the Lord loved me enough to not give up on me, abandon me, but say, I'm going to, um, you're going to go through the fire, which I did for many, for many, many months uh, until a lot of this stuff is burned out of your life so, and, and I'll rebuild you. So is that how you came up with the name, the kindling fire podcast? <laughs> That's a good, uh, pretty close. I mean, you know, the idea that the, the so the kindling, my concept of the kindling fire is it's a very small spark. It's very, very small fire, but God, God's intended intention for us is to, is to go from just a little bit of that spark To being, you know, a blazing fire that provides great light and great warmth to to many. But it always starts very small. And when it's small, it's vulnerable. And it needs people to encourage it. It needs oxygen. It needs protection. It needs, you know, that kind of thing. That's
0: really Hey, we're going to take a short break here from our sponsors. We'll be right back. The Man Card Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts and every man in the arena matters. So get in the game by joining our closed Facebook forum for men called The Men in the Arena. There, you'll lock arms with men from all around the world who are stepping up as their best version. What is a man? What does he do? How does he live? When does he know when he's crossed over from male to man? The lines defining manhood have become blurred, and guys today are more confused than ever. That's why I wrote The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. Guys, you're going to love this book. Go to the Great Unforgotten app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. No book written defines manhood in such a way as this. I'll put the man card next to any book ever written on the topic. Yes, I believe it's that good. In the man card, I expose several myths of manhood and draw a line in the sand between men and males. This book will change your life. Guys, thank you so much for jumping into the arena with us today and championing the greatest battle of our time. Become your best version. Join the fight to change your world, because when you get it, everyone wins. So what you're saying is it's like a mustard seed. Yep, it starts small, and you know, and isn't that funny? You know, you're doing something with your family going on this mission that's really countercultural for a 50 year old guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and but the kingdom of God is countercultural because in America we say start big. The bigger we always think, the bigger the church is, the better church. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what I found? I have found that the most holy pastors who love God and walk in humility are actually guys in small churches. In the big churches, you have big egos. You know, tons yeah. of pride, shallow spiritually. Mile long, inch deep, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so, but but in the but we in America look at bigger is better, right? Bigger house, bigger car, yeah. you know, bigger boobs, bigger everything, right? Yeah. Everything's got to be yeah. Bigger, yeah. bigger, 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 yeah. and we have a big yeah. problem with this. But but God says no, it's it's smaller, 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 and you know, you said you were going through this discipline. Yeah. And I heard a guy do a series on discipline a while back and it was totally out of context. He took Romans chapter 12 where it says God disciplines his children and he turned it into a series on being living a disciplined lifestyle. Yeah. Because we really don't want to we don't want to say, well, this loving God is going to discipline me and put me through pain. In right. America, we're all about comfort. Well, wait. Why would right. God cause pain? Well, God caused with tr- tremendous pain so that you can walk and be disciplined, so that you can have all that He has to offer you. And so, for yeah. you, you came out on the other end better because God yep. put you through
2: some really, really hard times. Yep. So yeah, D- and guys don't want. I mean, that part of that stress bubble is really look. Uh, by the grace of God, He's wants you to be. Brighter, stronger, better, humbler, more, more able to be approachable and more fruitful in your life. And sometimes there's a lot of unlearning. Uh, like I just had the hugest ego, dude. I just, <laughs> oh my, my gosh, on so many levels. Spiritually, physically, just uh, financially, you name it. And he crashed all of it. Absolutely everything. Just so that I, so now, but, but didn't abandon me. You know, and loved me through it all. So, so, is the
0: kindling fire also the makings of the refining fire?
2: Yeah, that's where it goes. Yeah, it's, it starts. It starts small. You go through the crucible, and then I mean, the best book I've ever seen on this is Lon Solomon's Brokenness. You know who Lon Solomon is? I've heard the name before, but I can't remember who he yeah. is. He's a he's sort of a famous uh, pastor in the Bible Church in D.C. He basically the book is a story of him having his third child with uh, some very severe um, uh, physical problems. And he basically went through the checklist of I prayed enough, I read enough scripture, I believed enough, I gave enough. He went through the list and said nothing works. Wow. And then he went, and then he went back to scripture and said, "Huh, God breaks all the people that he loves." Yes. And then he goes through and said, "This is a pattern." And then he, the story is basically him and how God humbled him, you know, with I'm going to grow a big church with full of senators and all this stuff, and he humbles him, breaks him, and then makes him the man that he It's a phenomenal story. It's a beautiful story actually.
0: And that that really is the the frightening amazing, horrific, exhilarating journey of faith, right? When life is getting good, we got to be ready because the storm is coming, baby, because God is not done, right? Yeah,
2: (sighs) and you're tough. And and the guys, most guys think they're going to die, right? Like, I'm not going to survive it. But the Lord's like, that's where I was so, in all of my sin, I could say, God absolutely poured out his love for me and I did not deserve it. But man, I know today, God loves me totally unconditionally. So, That's my
0: so at what point, dude? It's been twenty. I can say you're saying, dude. I love that word. So I'm gonna go back to saying my dude talk. So, at what point did Kathy say this dude is changed? I'm gonna take him back.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, about a year in, um, and and I can start. I can start into sort of the recovery story if you'd like.
0: Is it I, recording now? Yeah, we're recording totally. Oh, okay. Yeah. So- <laughs>
2: No, we're I'm just like three four,
0: man. We're, we're just, we're just saying, <laughs> we're right. just, yeah. Oh,
2: no, you were taking a break and we were just chatting. <laughs> oh, no, this whole
0: thing's live, baby.
2: <laughs> oh, great. So, all right. So, um, golly. So, uh, about a year, about a year in, so um, i would taken some, some, some very personal steps between my wife and I that, that kind of showed I was serious. Like this humility thing, this, um, you know, I'm, I'll put my money where my mouth is. I will do X, Y, and Z or whatever. And she just, over time, she said, okay, I'll I'll open the door this much, you know, just a tiny, tiny crack and we'll see. So we were in that mode for a year. And so it went from, I'm not at the house to I'm staying at the house one day a week, you know, two months in. I'm staying at the house two days a week, you know, three, four months in. And it was just this slow sort of year of, can I trust you? Totally, really. You know, are you, uh, in and and the issues with me were more. You know, I was very harsh. I was very critical, um, and I was just not, you know, really dialed into being a, a good husband. And uh, and so over that time period, it really showed her. Okay, this is legit. Like you really love me, and you're committed to, and you're willing to do the hard work. And wow. so that that's really. Um, and I had other men, I tell you what, man, other men in my life made that possible because I would share my story and they'd say, well, let me tell you my story. and It'd be 10 times worse. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And like, where are you at now? Oh, we're back together. And God did this or, or we didn't get back together, but God's, this is where I am now. And God's still faithful. And, and it just showed me that anything's possible.
0: Totally. Well, and look at where you are now. Would you in 2010, would you, have ever imagined that your wife would trust you enough to leave her home and go on a mission oh for six gosh. months? I mean, that's uh, a long way that's a long ways from 2010, bro.
2: It's a long ways. And the great, um, sort of, uh, little, uh, um, note about that is that it started with my wife. It Whoa. Didn't start, you would, you would think it starts with me. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm ready for, for adventure. Again. Nope. I'm like steady Eddie doing the corporate deal. This is what I'm doing. You know, I've kind of, put those dreams aside, uh, for, for days gone by and, and the Lord starts stirring in my wife. And I'm like, are you serious? And and then, and then it just sort of just started to inflame in me saying, Lord, I know you're calling us to. And then what happened was it started with her and she said, uh, you got to own it. You got to lead it. You got to be the point, man. I'm not, I'm not carrying this one. And I was like, "All
0: right." Isn't that how funny? How often it starts that way with strong wives. I mean, I'm all about strong women, strong wives, and you know the men. You know, I I also believe in uh, submission, and I don't believe in mutual submission. I believe in biblical submission. But it's funny how when a wife really understands that concept, she can have the idea inspire him to lead it. Now he thinks it's his idea. I mean really you see what I'm saying well you know better uh, right yeah. yeah i mean that's uh, yeah. that's a tribute to a strong woman and a great man who's willing to serve and sacrifice for her and so you've obviously come a long way hey you wrote something down very powerful i want to i want to ask you about it yeah in, sure. in hebrews 10:39 we read we do not belong to those who shrink back but we belong to those who by faith are saved you wrote most christians are just consumers who are passionately shrinking into less, when God's kingdom is calling the men and women to be more. I just think that is so powerful because we seem to, the older we get, we shrink into less. We, we finally retire. We become yeah. even more or less. We become anonymous. But you're saying yeah. the kingdom of God does not work that way. So first yeah. of all, what in your what's your definition of God's kingdom? Let's start there. Oh, wow.
2: So my definition of God's kingdom is really his his truth, biblical truth, you know the gospel, uh and also his nature, so this would be um love, kindness, goodness, uh, gentleness, you know his nature being extended to others, his truth being extended, plus his nature being extended so um so when that's extended through an individual, uh, that's in my view, the where king he is king. He is king over what you believe, as far as truth or false, and he's king over what you experience in your emotions and, and thought process. Okay,
0: so let me repeat. So, let's make sure I'm understanding this. So, when when I take God's character and nature upon myself and extend that outward, yes, that is God's kingdom. So, uh, extending God's kingdom. Okay, yeah. that's I love that. Jesus told us to pray, "Your kingdom come." Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that is just a Hebrew form of poetry called parallelism. So Mm -hmm. in other words, one line describes the next. So your kingdom come. So the next line describes what that is. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you hit the nail on the head. It's it's when we make Jesus the king of our lives and we extend his kingdom outward. And so, okay, so now we're on the same page with God's kingdom. What do you mean that people are shrinking into
2: less? Well, first, that scripture, I love that scripture. uh we are not like those that shrink back. Most people believe, and i and I've talked to my listeners and, and most people believe they are just- they are going to be um inundated with sin uh for the rest of their life, and that will always be a losing battle mm. and so they get into this mode of. Well, I don't deserve, and I'm not doing really well anyway. And God's merciful, and they just kind of shrink less and less and less. It's like defense, right? You know, the be- they're just playing defense yeah. most of their life, and that's what I call shrinking into less. If your life is about defense, you're sl- shrinking into less, right? Yeah. But if your life is about offense, like I'm, uh, I'm expanding my, just like we talked about off off um, Mike about the mustard seed growing into a large tree. God's kingdom is about that small growing into something large that benefits others, right? You're large, you enjoy it and others are benefited from it. But, but most people, they don't want to go that journey.
0: Well, and I, you know, I look back on my faith and I, I, there's a wake of dozens, if not hundreds of men and women who had strong faith when I was in my twenties who are just completely off the grid of their faith. Now they're not around. They've shrunk back into oblivion. Now their faith is just something they say. Yeah, I kind of believe that stuff now where we're wired to become more, like you said, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 14, um, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're yeah. being yeah. renewed day by day. So even though we're getting older, physically, our bodies, our spirits should be growing and our kingdom impact expanding. And I think uh-huh. people get caught up in this tension between a diminishing body and an aging body and an expanding heart for God's kingdom. Yeah. Or or do or do you think they get wiped out and uh, and wounded and battered by life and they just kind of kind of fade off into oblivion? Uh, I think it's both,
2: right? And, and when I when I talk about the consumer aspect of it, there is uh, I would say uh, Christian culture has created this consumerism, yes, right? I'm for just sure. going to consume information, consume knowledge, consume. Whereas the Lord's saying. Uh, And go back to an old John Wimberism. (laughs) Ah, Pope John, Pope John, baby. The meat meat is in the street is what he'd always say. And the idea being, and that was, somebody said, you know, there's not enough meat in your teaching is what they told him. And he goes, well, if you want meat, the meat is in the street. Meaning if you're looking for substance, it's in action. It's not in some new revelation of some new information that's going to unlock something for you. It's going to be taking the information you have and doing something. Something with it and most of us shrink back from that that challenge and that's where the growth is. That's where the expansion is. Getting beyond knowing and actually into doing. Well, movement equals
0: life, and you'll go back and laugh in the mid early nineties, you know, the vineyard because I was involved I was a vineyard guy, right? And the problem with that movement as a whole is that there would be a prophetic thing and everybody would go to all the prophetic conferences and a healing conference and everybody was yeah. pursuing the next conference and that's not how John had laid it out that was not his desire his desire yeah. was them to pursue god and what god is doing at the next milepost but people yeah. because we were young in our faith would pursue the gift or pursue the anointing yep. instead of pursuing the god of the anointing is where the yeah. kingdom comes in right because at yeah. the end of the day the feeling that i'm pursuing is going to go away but it's about me pursuing the god who pers- gives us the feelings which may or may not ever come cuz life is hard yep. Yeah, that's, so that's so good, true. man. So, I want to go back and talk to you about these three things you mentioned earlier in your podcast. Yeah, sure. Things you would tell your 20 year old self because I think that, you know, you talk about the meat is in the street. When I heard you say that, I thought, this is some meat that our guys need to chew on. I want to save this till the end. I think we got about 15 minutes left. You said you would do three things if you could change your life and do it over again humble yourself, walk in community, run the long race. Now, I'm also assuming that the overarching principle is living for Christ. So, living for Christ is your overarching principle, it's your umbrella. But within that umbrella, you've got these three components. And yeah. you've already mentioned this numerous, numerous times, but you know, when we're young, bro, you know, I'm fifty two, you're fifty, you get a circle circle of guys, especially pastors, it's kind of a pissing contest. Whose group is bigger, you know, whose ministry's stronger, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But as we get older we realize, yeah, that's I don't need to cluck around the hen house anymore. So what do you yeah. mean when you say humble yourself, what are you gonna tell these thirty to fifty year old guys with, you know, kids in the home, you know, try to out finance, out purchase everybody else
2: <laughs> oh gosh so uh, so i use that in a in a spiritual sense because because my tr- uh, transformation to christ was so radical and then god was very generous to me as a young man there was just a lot of fruit in my life and i associated oh god i got god's endorsement right uh, and so i went from i used to be a, a front man in a punk band back in the 80s and i was all about trying to be a, a rock star right what
0: was the band and name what was the band name
2: uh, I was in a band called Bloodbath and I was in a band called Second Coming. <laughs> Bloodbath
0: is that a Christian band?
2: Yeah no it oh, was uh, was, it was uh, second coming maybe. The, this is before no, these are before Christ. So okay
0: this is, okay. This is uh,
2: but I used to be I used to be the guy that jumped off the stage and everybody staged down, and I, that was me. I was the front man.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: so so I, so I went from the Jeez. I wanted to be a rock star to getting born again and then taking that concept of oh, You know, I've got God's endorsement now. I I must be legit. Well, I had no visibility and I had no older men in my life saying, dude, that's not good, or that's not good, or this is not good. And and I and so I needed humility to really grow. So I that pride remained. It just got another, you know, Christian Christian Christianized.
0: Would would older men in your life have even helped? Did you have even listened to them at that point?
2: At that point,
0: no. I wouldn't have. This is a problem, right? For young men. Yeah, it is. They need to be around that's where you said you'd humble we need to have these older guys. I don't I don't care about clucking around the hen house anymore. I'm gonna do my yeah. thing and if you want to yeah. do your thing, go for it. Do your thing. I'm gonna help you do your thing. But yeah. I'm I'm not I'm wise enough now. But if you want help from wisdom, yep. come and talk to me. But if you're gonna you know, Jesus, I, I love I love Jesus how he interacts with people. To the proud, he gave the law, to the humble, he gave grace.
2: Oh, that's that's so good. Right?
0: So if you're going to come to me in humility and say, I want a mentor, I'm going to th- drop my drawers and mentor you. Well, I won't literally drop my drawers. Yeah, but I'll I don't know if that's you.
2: a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I will
0: drop my schedule. How about that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I love that, man. Humbling yourself. And so so would you say you're walking in greater humility? I guess if you drop your oh, drawers, yeah. it is a little humbling, huh? Uh, would yeah, you that say would you're... be very... <laughs> or humiliating, <laughs> huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I've really um I've lived long enough to to bring that humility, and I think that what a what a broke through to me as a young man as someone that was was loving, persistent, and that I said, you know, what you got going on is legit. Well, it's not a show. It's not it's not for show. It's 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 authentic, and I would have I would have recognized that. So that would have broken through that, but.
0: You know, that's interesting, Troy, because the thing I really connect with you on, I mean, I, honestly, I, I literally really connect with you, is that you are the real deal. You are authentic. And I think it takes humility to be authentic. It does. Don't you think? Cause Absolutely. That's vulnerability because you may be like, these guys think I'm a nerd or these guys think I'm a jackweed. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. There, there's humility yep. involved in being that guy who's authentic.
2: Yep. Yep. And, and I got stripes to get me here. Right, so it's so I can, and it, it sometimes it's a little, uh, um, uh, it makes un, other guys uncomfortable. But it's just like, dude, that's just because you haven't walked through that fire. Dude, if you get, you don't have to go through a fire to get that. You can actually get it by just taking the risk in community. So,
0: well, and life is hard enough. You're going to get broken in life. Absolutely. You don't have to be the one beating your own self with a stick in the head. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. That's really good, man. Walking and humble yourself. The second thing you said was walk in community. Now, you and I know as 50-year-old men how vital this is. Vital. Uh, you know, I've got two guys next to me who uh, really make this thing happen. And so yeah. they're committed to me, which is really humbling because, I mean, I feel like I'm really hard to get along with. But walking having this community, <laughs> but our default as young men is I don't need help. I'm the right. man.
2: Yep, I'm the man.
0: Walk right? me and through I, this. And
2: I'll teach you. <laughs> yeah, let me
0: show you. My 20-year-old self will show you, you 45-year-old fat yeah, exactly. dad body yeah. guy. Yeah, so Ken talk, Ken Ken me, talk Ken Ken to me Ken. about this thing. So wh- how did you come up with Walk in Community?
2: Um. So uh, when I was at my lowest point that I talked about, uh, that's where I stumbled into community. And what I found there was people, and this was with Zoe Ministries at the time, uh, what I found there was men who were well-seasoned in life, like uh, the full stratus, yeah. 20s to 60s, who had many stories and many testimonies. And I would just sit there and listen to story after story after story and testimony after testimony, testimony of God being good to them. And I was like, man, if God can be good to them, God can be good to me. and And it allowed me to just benefit from that and it wasn't just all up to me in my quiet time and me trying to figure it out on my own now as that's progressed i've come to realize it is so critical that there is it is a band of brothers not not a, a general and soldiers not teacher and students it is we all are teacher and students at different seasons but to be able to be the teacher and the student it's reciprocal and that relationship it just It's just how God wants us to walk.
0: Well, even even if there is a differentiation in age, that I, as an older guy, I mean, I'm 52, I've got a long ways to go here, but we yeah. just hired a pastor at our church, he's 29 years old. So I, I, I have experience, I can help him, but I can't help him from above him. I've got to come alongside of him. Right. You know, even though I have age and experience on him, what I don't have, I don't have the energy, I don't have the... Uh, you know, the piss and vinegar that the young guys have, let's say, you know, and yeah, so yeah. so I want to come alongside because if I try to lord it over a young man who already will be struggling with pride, right, because young men do, that's going to yeah. hurt him. I need to come to his level and walk with him. Yep, absolutely. And, and so that way it's a lot more appropriate. You said something interesting. You said you sat around older guys who said God had been good to them. And I thought, I thought I would add this and see what you think. God, they're saying God had been good to them in the midst of
2: oh, absolutely being
0: disciplined by God.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is not. This is not. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, just a, a pathway up into the right. This is. I went into the valley, or I, I, yeah, this happened, or I lost my son, or you know, just crazy things. And they w- and their testimony. And there's a great scripture uh, in uh, in um, Psalms that says David says, you know, when I'm old, you know, I will. St- I'm totally botching it. But it's basically when I'm old, I will give testimony that you are still good. Yeah. They were those guys. They yeah. were saying, I've been through the fire, and my testimony is not I'm a bitter old guy, life is sucks, and all this stuff. My testimony is God is good. And I'm like, that has weight. Well, and if God— and <laughs> if God,
0: Oh, yeah, there's weight behind it because there's a life on the other end of it, and there's men testifying to the pain they went through. And if we're really going to say God is good— yeah. and in the same breath say, well, because God is good, God is going to give me a comfortable life. Now, Corinthians says that we, is the God of all comfort, but it right. continues and says, and he comforts us in our time of mourning. Yeah. So, he yeah. com- so our comf- pursuit of comfort is not a biblical principle. Yeah. The biblical principle is allowing God to l- give us, to discipline us. Yeah. But it's just really counterintuitive.
2: Grow- yeah, and I'll say this, is that God is for us. He's wanting us to be amazing. So a lot of times when we think, oh, life's going to, you know, you're going to struggle, it's like, look, no victor in any fight that you don't fight yourself. You have to fight. You have to overcome something. And then you get the the fruit of I'm a victor over smoking or drinking or yes, pornography yes. or I am a victor. And so the idea that... um you know, that, oh, it's just going to be a struggle. No, God's trying to give you that 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 moment where you're holding the, the crown up above your, or holding up the trophy above your head saying, I did it. We did it. God's That's what God's trying to give us.
0: Yeah, and it's not a participation trophy. You got to work to get this trophy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm sweating tears, <laughs> But bro. that's the deal. We live Blood in a society that says, tears. hey, everybody gets a trophy, baby. Yeah, but no. God is going, listen, I am good. So if you default to me being good and me being a, a person who is a, a God of love, Then even the pain that you go through is because I am good. Even if I've even if it's not pain I've instigated, but I've allowed, it's because I am good, and you will pop out on the other side better. Yep. Because hey, I'm a testimony. Yeah.
2: Look, I am a better man, and I survived, and they will too.
0: I think every man needs to go through brokenness.
2: Honestly, I do too.
0: You know, and I mean, I I really do. When we launched this ministry, there's a tremendous amount of brokenness involved. Tremendous amount of humility. And uh, and you, when you, you're, you're two months later, your house is for sale, and you're teaching men how to be men, and your 12 year old is saying he's going to get a paper out to help pay for the mortgage. That's humiliating and humbling. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. but we need to have those people around us to walk in community. We are not isolated. We are not islands. We are men who need to lock arms with other men.
2: Yeah, and just now to be able to say, looking back, saying, "Has God been faithful to you?" Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's just a,
0: it's a, it's, you know, I'm laughing. We just hit 10,000 men on our arena page. I just got invited to speak at two keynote events, one in Jacksonville, Florida, and one up in New York. And, cool. uh, and, and our podcast tripled, tripled this year and our month last year was the best month we ever had. And I'm going, really? We're just a bunch of blue collar guys <laughs> from a little town in McMinnville, Oregon. And so just to see God do stuff, it's really humbling. Right. And so, um, but it's humbling as long as I walk in community. As soon as that's I move right. out of my community, the, yeah. the guys around me are like, "Dude, you're a turd. You're, you don't know. You're not that good. You know, be humble." But as soon as I walk out of that community, everybody's applauding me. Oh, you're such a great this. Then that's over, because yeah, there's I the, can't bring anything to the table. God's got to do that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, well,
2: I've been I've been so excited for you, man, for real. Well, you too, man.
0: It's been really fun to watch your podcast take off and to copy all your stuff. Like I love how you put the pictures of the guys on the social media. So yeah, yeah. we're doing that now. I'm like, we're stealing Troy Mangum stuff, oh, baby. Cool. Yeah, great, right, man. A Magnum idea by Troy Mangum. So, <laughs> so the, the third the third thing <laughs> is
2: magnified.
0: The, just be careful because sometimes think. Are you talking about condoms? I'm I like, just I don't even know that dude. Type. I, I got, I
2: got, I got a guy from Boston. You'll appreciate this. He every time he sees me, he's like. Tony Magnum. You're just like a porn star. I'm like, could you shut up?
1: Oh, my goodness. Tony
0: Magnum. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm
2: like, like, dude, if you only knew. I'm like, I'm a
0: married man with a vasectomy. I I don't even know what condoms are anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm allergic to the latex. Hey, so the third thing you said, buddy, the third thing you said is this. Uh And I love (laughs) this. I I know. Well, you know, we get a little rogue sometimes. A little PG 13. (laughs) The fundamentalists don't listen to our show. Anyway, uh, so so the third thing you said though was really rich, man. It's something we don't think about when we're younger. You said, "I want to run the long race." Oh, Walk yeah. me through that, man.
2: Man, I can tell you exactly when it was. I was I was sitting in a community of men, and there was a younger man, and he was talking about um, uh, a sports situation. Which, and he basically said, "You know, in sports, when you have so much desire." pin up in you and you just want to go rush the field and you get hurt. And then what they say to you is, look, you need to stay off the field. So you're on the sidelines watching other people play and you're still hurt, but you're like, I'm okay. Like I, I feel pretty good. Like I can get out there. Like I can get out there. And so so you have an option there. Listen, are you going to play the long game? Like you want to play this sport for the rest of your life? Or do you want to shortchange that, rush the field, potentially permanently damage yourself, and then you're out. And so that allowed me to get in my mind, what am I playing with the Lord? Am mm-hmm. I playing the long game? I want to be at this for the rest of my life. I love it. Or am I looking for the quick, quick burn and the burnout and disappear, you know, it, it, you know the big flash in the pan and it's gone, or I wasn't prepared? Like my storyline is years of preparation, years while i was in my 20s and my 30s or my 40s saying oh i'm totally ready give me allen field i'm so ready and i was not ready and i can look back and say i wasn't ready
0: that's so, so that's what
2: i mean by the long game
0: and i would add to that bro that that while you're running that long game that you do not have anything in your life that will create a scenario where you finish wrong instead of finishing strong
2: yeah, no good. dark,
0: no dark corners. Yep. No unswept yep. corners. No, no secret sin. That the sins we struggle with, the sins we're dealing with, that they're they're out. People know it, and uh, so that something doesn't catch up to us and hurt us real bad. So, Amen. Man, so good. Hey, hey, man. You know the man card book I wrote in the man card podcast. We believe five things make a man: protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. Which of those five stands out the most to you today, Troy, and why?
2: Living courageously or leading courageously, and yeah. here's why. Uh, in my younger years, I had courage or bravery, but it was shallow. Oh. And I had and I had and I would have failures. So I would step out in faith or I'd do risky things, and, and I'd had failures, and I'd shrunk shrink back. Or my family wouldn't have, it would have negative effects on my family. And eventually, I got to a point of passivity where oh. I was like, you know what? I've made so many mistakes. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. And the Lord recently with this, this move that we're making now in my fifties and all that's at risk, um, the Lord has said, no, I've made you to lead. Now get out on the point and lead courageously. And I'm like, but God, it, it, you know, it didn't go well last time. And he's like, nope, that's how I've made you get out there on the point and lead courageously. And, uh, and that's, and, and it's my dream and it's really actually what I'm doing today. So I'm living my dream man. <laughs> well, it's I'm so cool. And you're doing blissful. it in
0: humility and you're doing it in community and you've you've got your pace to finish the next forty years. I mean, we still have about amen. forty years left in us, man, God willing, right? Yeah. Amen. And that's so right. that's cool. But hey Troy, thanks so much for coming on. It is I, you know, I knew I was looking at my notes. I knew I'm like, I don't have a lot of notes, but it's Troy. We're going to have a good time. And so you <laughs> yeah. shared some great wisdom out of your story. Thank you for being vulnerable, uh, sharing out of your failures, sharing out of your discipline, yeah. sharing out of your victories. And I do follow you on social media. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens yeah. in the future, bro. So thanks so much for coming on today.
2: Oh man, it's been super fun. Thanks for having me. Jeff.
0: Oh, it's been awesome. Hey guys, you've been listening to the man card podcast. Changing your world is tough. As you heard today, we want to ask you to do three things, man. Enlist, pick up our free resources, download podcasts you like, Kindling Fire Podcast, The Man Card Podcast, subscribe to the uh, Get Involved in the Men in the Arena Facebook page. Pick up our Great Hunt for God app. Second thing is invest. Pay the money, guys, to walk in the best version of you. Whether that's the Great Hunt for God resources, whether that's conferences, whatever that is, make an investment so that you can become your best world and you will change your world. Get involved No, you will change. What did I just say? The best version Version. version of you. What did I say? The best world? The best world of you. The best world of you. That's a new shirt. Anyway, guys, change your world. When a man gets it, everyone wins. So we just believe in you guys. We've banked it all on men. We believe men are the solution of any problems in life. So, guys, join us in building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. So until next time, guys, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd taste the sweetness of victory i don't know why that always makes me laugh smell the stench of battle get in the game get dirty grind it out
1: and be be a man man. this is dale culver and you've been listening to the man card podcast has your man card been challenged today if you hungry to be the best version of you then join the thousands of men around the country on our closed facebook forum called the men in the arena this is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called the Man Card Weekend with the men in the arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of Jim's new book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. This is the best book out there that defines what a man is and does. In it, Jim combines his master storytelling abilities with his no holds barred style distinguishing between men and boys. If you want to keep your man card, then pick up a copy of this life changing book today. Simply go to the Great Hum for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to this episode, The Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena, let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out, be a man.